This is an ABC podcast. Hello, and today you're listening to Short. You're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Yay! Short and Curly! Short and Curly! My bed feels really bumpy and hard. Almost like I'm lying on a plastic rectangular block. Why are the walls brightly coloured bricks? Is is everything made of Lego? What happened to my bedroom? The desk chair is built out of black blocks. The chest of drawers is made of little green blocks. The windows are clear and plastic. What is going on? Good morning, Molly. Ah, Who are you? It's me, your friend Carl. But you have a little yellow head and and claw hands and you're a tiny Lego person. Why are you a tiny Lego person? Also, why are you in my room, personal space? We've talked about this. Molly, welcome to the Lego world I've imagined for us. Everyone's a Lego person with little interlocking hand grips and feet that plug onto little brick bumps. Okay, okay. I guess my big question is why? All right. I was thinking about how in the real world, no one person fits everything perfectly. Maybe you're too short to reach play equipment or a mug is too big for your hands. That's actually true. Maybe headphones don't fit your ears or you're just too tall to sit comfortably at a desk. The world is full of unfair things like that. It can't suit everyone. Which is why I imagined this Lego world, where we're all happy and comfortable and everything fits everyone perfectly. Oh, okay. I guess my big question now is then why am I so uncomfortable? Because you haven't picked which Lego figurine you'd like to be yet. So what are you going to choose? A pirate? A mechanic? A wizard? You'd look great with a staff. Well, I guess if I could be anything, I'd love to be a unicorn. (laughs) Uh, what? Yeah, I'm sure I've seen little Lego unicorn figures before. A big, cute, bubbly head, four legs and a flowing fairy floss tail. (laughs) Okay, well, if that's what you really want. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm a Lego unicorn. Pink and cherry and blue streaked and beautiful. Well, come on, Unicorn Molly. Let's introduce you to this perfectly designed world. <laughs> Whoa, I can nay. Yeah, and here, check this out. Want a coffee, Carl? Why, yes, I do, Carl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No way I'm dropping a cup like I always do in the real world because this bad boy clips right onto my hand, just like it does for everyone. Here, you try it. Oh, well, I don't have hands because I'm a unicorn. That's a bummer. Ah, yeah, well, maybe a unicorn was a poor choice. Like, our brains trust have been reminding me of all the things in the real world that used to bug them. Like, things were too big or too small or too heavy or fragile or bouncy or whatever else. When I'm cooking in the kitchen, the countertop's too tall for me. So I, my dad made a stool, so whenever I'm cooking, I have to, like, get it out so I can get, like, high cupboards and stuff. 
when you go in the movie cinema, there might be people who are taller than you in the front seat and you can't see the screen. And I get really frustrated when that happens. And so I have to get the booster chair, which I'm not very excited of. And then, um, like nowadays, there's still people who are taller than me and the chairs, but I'm too old for um booster chair. So sometimes I miss parts of the movie and it's just not not fair for me. Yeah, well, near my house on the beachfront, there's these exercise equipment and uh, chin-up bars are, like, really high and, like, only adults can reach them and there's these things that you walk on which you don't touch the ground. Um, you can't really reach the bar to hold or you have to stretch your arms really uh, long, so it's really hard to go on those things. I know it might not have it play a major role in our lives, but it's still something minor that we have, like, we can't do. Well, yeah, most things are built for average adult heights. Let's take a second to think about the world around you and how it was built. Feel free to pause for this thinking question. Is there anything that makes your life uncomfortable or inconvenient because of the way it's designed or built? Hit pause now. Hey, Molly, check this out. I built a flying fox and it goes from your room straight down the hill to short and curly HQ. That's amazing. Thank you, Carl. Come on, grab onto the flying fox. Wait, I have to hold this bar? Yeah, it's designed specifically so my hook clip hands will click on and I'll never fall off. Okay, but I don't have clip hands. I just have my clippity-cloppity horse legs. I don't think I can do that. Oh, yeah, good point. Uh, Why don't you just change to a regular figurine body like mine? Mm, Well, I've always really wanted to be a unicorn and this is my only chance. So I don't really want to change to something else. Plus, I thought this world was designed to suit everyone perfectly. Well, yeah, but I didn't think you'd choose the most ridiculous figurine of all. I guess you'll just have to find another way to get to work then. Fine, I'll just run there instead. These hooves were made for trotting. All right, go, you good thing. See you at work. Whee! Oh, I love flying foxes. This flying fox is so cool, Molly. Whoa, it's so great. Ow. Oh, oh, no, I think I chipped my plastic leg. Hey, Carl, yeah, not a smooth start for you, buddy, but, you know, at least you got to use the flying fox. <laughs> I don't want to make a big deal about it, but it's it's pretty slack that I can't use it too, just because I'm not a boring common figurine like Carl. Well, I guess the flying fox is for regular Lego figures, like me. Something about this world seems really unethical. Unethical. Weird. Usually that's kind of the moment where Matt Beard would come storming in from the ethics centre and say... Did someone say unethical? Ah, there we go. Running a bit late today, Matt. Oh, it's all these bricks. I usually belly slide to get around quickly, like a penguin, but that's way too uncomfortable now. Like a penguin. Wouldn't have guessed that, but I love it. You look very nice as a little brick man, by the way. Thanks. These glasses are drawn to my face. They don't fall off. Matt, I need your help. I'm feeling down. Oh, no. What's wrong, Unicorn Molly? 
Well, Carl built this great new world, but it's no good for me. Getting around is so much harder when you're a large horse creature with no hands and a giant horn. That sounds really hard. But I don't know if the problem is that you don't fit into the world. It sounds like maybe it's the world that's not fitting with you. <gasps> that's just how I feel. This world Carl's created is built on a bunch of beliefs about people, how they live, how they move and get through the day, just like the real world. But these beliefs assume everyone's lives look the same when they don't. They leave a lot of people out. But isn't that unfair? A lot of the time it is. To treat people fairly, we need to treat them as they deserve to be treated. That means if there are important differences between people, we need to treat people differently. For example, if you use a wheelchair or can't see or hear, those differences matter. We should think about everyone when we're designing a world that we're all going to share. But we don't always do that. Sad unicorn face. And the scary thing is, these problems are actually really common. Seriously? Think about how many buildings there are that you need to walk up stairs to access. Oh, right. That assumes that all people get through the world by walking, but not everyone does. Bingo. Some people use wheelchairs or walkers. Building a world of stairs makes life difficult for those people. Let me introduce you to an idea known as the social theory of disability. The what now? The social theory of disability. It's an idea that disabilities aren't just medical conditions. They come from the way we've built our society and everything in it. Right. I have a friend with a disability named Simon. No way. You have a friend? Yeah. His name is Simon Darcy, and he can explain all of this better than I can. The built environment is everything that's made by humans. Your own house is part of the built environment. And then the driveway goes onto the road, and the road could take you to the local shops. If you're not in a car, then you would be on pathways that are made. You all would have seen what I call a curb cut, or it's that cut out in a pathway when you get to a road. So you've got a, a nice little ramp that gets you down onto the road. And then on the other side of the road, there's another ramp that allows you to get up again. When all the pathways are connected by these curb cuts, people that use wheelchairs, for example, are able to get around the areas they live in and they don't face barriers. After I've got on the continuous pathway that takes me to the shops, many shops have just a single step to get into them. Most people in wheelchairs would not be able to get into that shop because there's a step there. If the shops have got a ramp to get in there, then there's all sorts of other things that might create barriers for somebody that uses a wheelchair. One of the most common ones are the reception counters are so high, people that are working in the shops either can't see me or I can't see them. Or if there are things on the shelves that are too high, then how is somebody supposed to get those down? When the built environment isn't inclusive, you get a really bad feeling of being treated differently, of not being as valued as people without disability. 
I believe we're entering a time where we are able to have environments that are able to be used by everybody through an awareness of what inclusion means for people of different ages, sizes and abilities to have all those people in the same place and space enjoying it together. That was Simon Darcy, Professor of Social Inclusion at the University of Technology, Sydney. He studies how we can build things more fairly for everyone. Wow, that was so interesting, but I've just realised we're so late for work now. Oh no, and Carl's all alone to raid the kitchen snacks. There'll be straight up nothing left. Let's speed it up. I'll race you there, penguin style. Let's go! Yeah! Wait for me, Matt. I'm going to run, though, because unicorns don't slide. Let's go! <sighs> Come on, you beautiful unicorn. You can do it. Watch out for that postbox, Matt! <gasps> ah, my face! Wow, everything is so colourful and square. Look at the cars chug along. Oh, it's just like the world I used to build when I was little. Well, we're zooming back to Carl. Why don't you take a second to think about another curly question? He'll be fine. He's made of Lego. Back to the question. Can you think of things about society that could be built differently so everyone could enjoy them? Hit pause now. Looks like Matt's been belly sliding again. Hey, you two. Oh, he's fainted. Gotta say, that man knows how to slide. Yeah, I heard he was raised by penguins. That's how he learned. That explains the waddle. Hey, Carl. Yeah? Do you reckon you could make some changes to this world you've imagined just to make it a little bit easier for me? Um, uh, maybe. Only a few, though. What do you mean, only a few, though? Well, the problem is it might also make this world a bit more awkward for everyone else. Think about the flying fox. If I included a harness for unicorns, it'll just flap around in everyone else's way and ruin their ride. Oh, so what? That's a tiny inconvenience so I don't have to scamper everywhere. But it's also going to take time and money. I might not be able to do everything. Carl... Look, here's what our Brains Trust said about trying to make a world that is convenient for most people without leaving some behind. I think that wherever we can, we should build a community and a society that fits almost everywhere. Everyone, sorry, but I know a lot of places it isn't physically possible. Like, let's say we were building a museum for every single disability it'd end up being too expensive and then everyone would miss out. So it's better to build something that was like a few disabilities and like can be built or way too expensive for every disability and we couldn't make it. I think that maybe if they can get some people with disabilities and they can give ideas of what would really help them and what they think could be changed to help them. I think we should make more of an adaptive world more than rebuilding the whole world and making it for everyone, since that is, I would say, physically impossible. 
because everyone has different needs. So with an adaptive world, everything new that comes to us, we can just change it, not build it again. Hey, look, Matt's waking up. Maybe he can help us. Uh... Matt? Matt Beard? Matthew Beard? MB? The big M? Huh? What? Yeah. Uh, hey, I, I wasn't dreaming of eating fish or swimming away from leopard seals. Is Matt a penguin? No time. Listen, Carl and I want to know, how far should we go to make the world work for everyone? Especially if it takes extra time, money, or makes things a bit inconvenient for everyone else. Sometimes the reason we find this problem hard to solve is because we're asking the question wrong. Right now, you're asking, how much do we have to do to make sure everyone gets what they need and deserve? Well, I mean, you're paraphrasing, but... But that's an awkward question, because it makes it seem like the people in the minority, the people who have different needs, are an inconvenience or a burden to everyone else. Like they're holding everyone back. But they're not. They deserve to have access to what they need as much as everyone else. Yeah, and I totally don't think Molly is a burden or she's holding us back. Everyone needs a unicorn in their world. So glad to hear it. But it's tricky, isn't it? Because you've learnt that it's okay sometimes to leave people out, because that's what our society does, you're now wondering how many people it's okay to leave out. But if you start by saying nobody gets left out, you ask a different question. What's the best way to build a world that works for everyone? That's a great question, but I have no idea how to answer it. Well, let's make that our last thinking question while I find a way to reconstruct this world of mine without breaking my brain. Imagine if you were able to design something in your life so it worked for everyone. Maybe it's your house or your school or the local shopping centre. So that everyone could use it, whether you had a disability or not. How would you do it? Hit pause now. Okay, Molly, let's rebuild this Lego car. Now, what if I imagine a few blocks over here by the steering wheel? Ooh, yes, if you put them along the top, I'll be able to sit behind them and it'll be like a safety net because I can't use seatbelts. Look at us, rebuilding our dream world together. Dream world, building a world so that it can suit everyone. Thanks to our Brains Trust today from Somerset College in Queensland. Charlotte... Abaraj, Magnus, Isabel, Sarah and Archie. Ooh, I'm going to turn these stairs into a slide. Matt will love that. And thanks to Simon Darcy for helping us understand the social theory of disability. <gasps> Let's build an entire system of tubes you could crawl around the city in. That'd be sick. Short and Curly is created and produced by Kyla Slavin. Producer on this episode is Jake Morecambe and our executive producer is Justine Kelly. Don't forget to tell everyone you know about this podcast. Unless you hate it. In which case, don't say a word. And remember, there are more than 50 other episodes for you to listen to. Ow! What's wrong, Molly? I just stepped on some Lego. It really hurt my foot. Uh... Wait, is that a joke? Because we're made of Lego? Lego.
This has been an ABC podcast. Check out the ABC Kids Listen app. It's full of educational and entertaining audio programs. Hey, Carl, I've got something you might like to listen to after the show today. Oh, cool. I could listen on the way to my ice sculpture class. Yeah, you can. Okay, it's an episode of the Fierce Girls podcast about an athlete, Louise Savage. Hang on, I I feel like I've heard of her. Who is she? She's one of those people who has just always been good at all kinds of sports, but now Louise is a champion wheelchair racer and has won nine Paralympic gold medals. Oh, ching, ching, that's a lot of gold bling. It sure is. Check out the Louise Savage episode of Fierce Girls. You can find Fierce Girls via the ABC Listen app or Google or Apple Podcasts. Thank you.